Hello, and welcome to the Challenging University podcast with me, your host, Tony Kent. Now, what does it take to lead the finance function in a financial services firm when you don't have a background in the industry? And how do you overcome accent and educational bias to build a career that could be easily denied to you? To answer these questions, I'm joined by Paul Foote. He is Head of Finance for the Investment Management Arm of University Superannuation Scheme, and he's also the lead for their newly created social mobility network. In our conversation, he paints a vivid picture of what it means to come from a working class background and his experiences of cultural norms at school in which academic achievement wasn't seen as cool, how being good at sport became his path for wanting to study hard, an early brush with a career in the recording industry, experiencing overt classism alongside educational and accent bias in interview situations, people surprised that he didn't have a degree, and the importance of advocating for people from less privileged backgrounds. This is a frank and often funny conversation that underlines the reality of the challenges that must be overcome in order to improve socioeconomic diversity. I know you're going to enjoy it. Paul, hello. Hi. Thank you for agreeing to come on the Champion University podcast. You're welcome. You're welcome. See? Yeah, there's your cue. <laughs> and thanks for allowing us to use your very nice offices. Lovely. Courtesy of USS, can we mention here? Yeah. Yeah. University Superannuation Scheme, USS. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think how we met. Would have been through LinkedIn. Probably. No, it was EY, wasn't it? I think that introduced this. So I think you'd done some talks at EY. I met their co-chair, I think, of their social mobility network. And yeah. they, I think, introduced me to you. Right. Well, there we go. We solved the mystery. No. Um, so I was really hoping to get you on because we had a bit of a chat. Um, but some of the listeners might not know you. So for the listeners and viewers today and the listeners and viewers to come could you please share your full name and what it is that you do <laughs> uh well <laughs> middle name as well eh? no, no, no we'll refrain from that so yeah my name is paul foot i'm the head of finance for the investment division here at uss um so i'm an accountant by trade right and before we get into some of what you do today, how you came to be here, um, I always ask people what their memories of secondary education are. So tell me about your secondary schooling. Um, so I grew up in northeast London um, and my secondary school, I suppose, was um, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the best. Um, it, it's possibly uh, is one, is one way to describe it. Um, uh, from an educational point of view, I think you were, you were probably sort of in the minority of, if, if you tried hard and you wanted to learn. Mm -hmm. So it, it definitely wasn't, um, it definitely wasn't cool yeah. to be someone that, that wanted to perhaps get an education. Mm -hmm. Um, possibly I suppose m quite traditional in that. Typically, the girls would probably try a bit harder, and that wasn't seen to be so bad. But but the boys, it was it was seen as less cool to to uh, to try hard. Um, but I suppose you got a little bit more attention from the teachers if you were someone that that did try hard. And I was someone that that tried hard. Mm. Um, you know, I wanted to learn. I wanted to 
to do well i didn't like that sort of whole thought of uh of not trying to get an education mm. um and my family were were very big on you know trying your best and, and getting a good education so my dad left school at, at 14 um so he was very encouraging mm. of getting a good education and my mum i suppose a little bit similar she went to a, a very bad school but she wanted to try hard and she wanted to do well so so i suppose that was it was instilled a little bit in me to try and to try and do my best if you like but that's but that's kind of how i am as well um but yeah i suppose it wasn't the most of uh like the peer pressure piece encouraging to to try and do your best um but you know teaches you a little bit about way of life in that regard of navigating um navigating with different people i suppose in that regard that there were a lot of people that weren't interested in learning and would be quite disruptive to 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 the lessons um and then you know gradually as you went on that became less of a problem as you started to get into tiers of groups mm. did uh, i'm interested in whether your parents did any sort of night school education or if they did anything afters because i know that was sort of more widely available because if i think about some families like mine where they left school early and then it was like ah oh, but you could go to night school if you wanted to kind of yeah add to your qualifications yeah yeah no no neither of them went to to night school i mean my dad left at 14 and you know got straight into sort of the the work in life um and i think and i, I saw one of your um your videos where you say about about grafting yeah you got a graft um and that you know that was you know that was the environment that that he was sort of he grew up in so he just you know he went straight out to work and did um I was, you know jobs that didn't really require you to have a qualification or anything yeah. along those lines so yeah he worked in factories and um i mean if I if I started to talk about how many jobs my dad has done over over his life, it, we'd we'd fill this whole uh, <laughs> we'd fill this whole time. Um, yeah, he I think he he did uh, which is just sort of you know it's it, it it's very hard to get your head around. But you know there was one day where I think he did three or four jobs in one day. I don't mean he had three or four jobs and fulfilled each job. Mm. You know he had a job, left it went down to the job centre or the equivalent of what it was then, got another job, then came back again because he'd left that one. And so it was three or four. You'll really appreciate me sharing this uh, <laughs> this little tale about as well. Uh, yeah, so no, he he never went um he never went to night school. I mean he did he did a few things where he was in he was in like a little bit of a trade. So he was a plumber's mate for a little while. Um but he never, you know, he never learned how to be a plumber. So he did lots of sort of odds and sods and mm. um you know like a lot of people from that background he worked up the meat market for a little yeah. bit of time he drove you know he was a bus driver he was a coach driver van driver yeah. um so no he never did that my mum tried hard at school but then she went straight into work as well so the only one that's in my family is on my mum's side um but her brother he did some night school, I think, um, because he ended up working in haematology. Oh, yeah. Um, so he went to evening classes to mm. to do that. But no, it was never, it was never really brought up as a as something um, 
only in my family did. No. Okay. So you're at school and you are trying hard, even though it's not cool. And I'm glad that you said that because a couple of recent podcasts talked about cultural expectations. Mm. And certainly my background was it wasn't called cool study hard. And the kids that were really bright got picked on. And I, and I look at that now and I'm like, oh, my goodness. But you were more valuable if you made people laugh. Yeah. Um, it, all, all people wanted to be around you more. Um, this is not what I tell my children still. So what were you good at then? What were the subjects that made you go, yeah, that's why I want to work hard and do well? Um, I, I was always all right at English. Yeah, I was always okay at English. Um I suppose I was a bit, you know, I was a bit of a generalist, really, in that I wasn't really ever terrible at anything. But I, I don't know if I'd say I was absolutely brilliant at, at anything either. I enjoyed sort of the English side, definitely. I liked science as well, um, history. I, I liked, I liked history. I was never, I was never that great at maths. Which is obviously, whenever I say that, everyone says, oh, that's a bit odd for you being an accountant. Um, but yeah, I was, maths was never my my strongest subject um, by a million miles. Uh, it was something I had to work really hard at to, yeah. to, to, get, to get to grips with. And I had a tutor as well on a, on a Friday night, um, which was always really appealing. Um, so that, you know, that helped me. But I think what it, what it probably did for me, it went for me being probably like a low case B yeah. student to yeah. a borderline B A student. Yeah. And and I got a B in it in the end. Okay. But I, I I was always sort of on that cusp once I got a tutor to yeah to to get in and around that mark. So you you know my so you can see my parents wanted me to to yeah. to do well as well. Like they you know because that was a subject I sort of struggled at. Yeah. Um. But I suppose in the cultural point, I was always good at sport. Uh, and I suppose yeah. in that sense of perhaps being able to neg- navigate the being cold but still trying hard. Yeah. That probably got, that probably kept me yeah. sort of all right, if you like. Did you have trials? <laughs> yeah, what a subject. Hey? Everyone's had a trial, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I was. Uh, yeah, so I played. I played football. Was my was the the sport that I was. Yeah. I was definitely best at. Yeah. So yeah, I I I played for a very like a good local side, which um, David Beckham and Harry Kane they played for called Ridgeway Rovers, and uh, and lots of the boys in that side. Uh, you know, they were signed to to pro clubs, and you know, I played at White Hart Lane, Spurs Ground. We played against Leighton Orient, and all of those sort of things. So we had a really, we had a very good side. And I went on to play um, semi pro football, and then amateur football association. Right. Yeah, but no, I was uh, I was never quite good enough, really. Well, I mean, God, that's a story in itself, isn't it? <laughs> What? Playing the FA Cup. Yeah. yeah. FA Vars, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, so while you were doing that, were you dreaming of a future in in the city? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always. I thought, oh, I want to be an accountant. <laughs> no, funnily enough, I, I wasn't. But I think, again, my parents, you know, because the boys that I, you know, the, the team that I played in mm. were, you know, it was a very high standard. And in fact, it got to a point where, 
you know, the enjoyment of it wasn't necessarily at the forefront. I think the enjoyment was winning, but the pressure you were under was was quite intense. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, that was its yeah its own subject uh, in that regard. But, um, but in terms of sort of thinking about having a, a career, it never really crossed my mind that I'd be a professional footballer mm. or anything like that. Um, it's a career, that obviously, even if you get signed to a, a mm. club, you know, there's a heck of a long way to go. Even then, there's. Yeah, there's masses and masses of, of people that have been signed to a club, and you come up against them, and you think, God, they are a really great player. Yeah, wow. So it was always like you know, it was always thought of that that was a nice thing to to be good at, rather than that was gonna that was gonna save my day, sort of save my bacon. Okay. Um, what did you do after secondary school then? College. Yeah, I went to sixth form college. So there was. My school wasn't brilliant, but it wasn't the worst school actually in the area. But it was, it wasn't the best, and there 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 was a school in the area that, that certainly was a lot better than the, the others. Um, and when I left um, junior school, um, most of the the people that I had as friends they went to the the better school in the area. Okay. Um, and so I then they had a sixth form, mm. and I went to the sixth form. Yeah. There, and. Um, and so, yeah, I got to meet up with quite a lot of people that I used to go to sort of junior and primary school with, and I hadn't seen for for a long time because they they went on and, and did the sixth form. Yeah, so I did I did um, three A levels yeah. and an AS level whilst I was at the uh, oh right I was at the college. But I had I had glandular fever actually whilst I was at um, whilst I was at college, and I missed about over the two years. I probably missed about six months worth of of schooling. Um, so yeah, I was I was up against it in that not not continuous six months, but over the course of over the duration of the of the two years, I had quite a lot of time off where I was just yeah you know, just so poorly. Yeah, always a good word that poorly. Poorly, very yeah. poorly. Um, what? So because to do three and an AS is more than a lot of students will do. Um, so. Was university discussed at that point? What were you studying? Was it you know, were you on track to to go somewhere else? Yeah, no, our university was was always a, a topic of conversation, and the college was you know the college was was good, and I think most people that went there went on to go to university. Um, I took a year out, and then you know then explored the university sort of path, but. Um, yeah, it was it was certainly at the forefront of discussions. I did um, of the three A levels. I did English literature, history, and sociology. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, classic accounting subject. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, you can see the pathway <laughs> to accountancy right there. Can't yeah. you? It's just seamless. Um, yeah, I will, although I started off doing French right. rather than sociology, but. Um, my French wasn't good enough, so they they kind of told me that I needed to drop out where I wasn't oh. I wasn't good enough and pick up another subject. So sociology, right? Um, yeah, put me on that path to being an accountant so easily. So that's why that's why I took it. Um, okay. Uh, so when you took your year out, what did you do that, that you talk about? Did you what did you do? Not a lot, really. Um, I worked in I worked in Topman, which later became Top Shop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I worked there 
kind of part time or just a bit more than part time to to earn to graft. Yeah. Um, but my dad, um, my dad started writing poetry. Yeah. Later on in life, and yeah. and he got into songwriting as well, like lyrics. Um, and so he's never, you know, he's never had. Uh, he's going to really appreciate this, all, isn't he? Um, he never had, you know, he's never had like a hit single or something. He's, he's a published poet, but um, you know, so he. But I started to, you know, I'd been writing a few songs and, and things like that, and I did a bit of singing. Yeah. So I took a year out to uh, to see if I could make a go of that as a as a career. Oh. Um, yeah. And uh, I suppose because I'm here, the answer is it didn't work out. So. Uh, you were going to tell me that in Bulgaria, one song for 15 years. Yeah. No, I don't think they... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. There's... So, what did you do? Like circuit? Did you? No, no. I had, a, uh, you know, I had a few meetings. So, I, I recorded a few songs yeah. with some different people that that got to meet through my dad, really, at different events and different things. So, yeah, I recorded with some various people, and I had a CD, and I started to market like that CD. I auditioned for some bands and stuff mm-hmm. um, you know some of my mates don't even know this bit about my uh, my life so this is gonna be yeah hopefully they're not gonna listen to this um yeah so i went around and and, and did a few bits yeah so i had a meeting with um with emi yeah was about the closest that i ever got to to it and yeah because i'd met someone at, a, at an event and their boss was like the head of a and r i mean i can't remember really now but they had a who was quite significant there. So he called he called my manager and myself in for a meeting. We played the C D. He sat there sort of yeah. nodding, tapping. Yeah. And we were both thinking, Oh my God, this is it. He's he likes it. He's gonna you know, this is gonna go well. And and he yeah, he turned the C D off and he went, Right. Um, I don't like your voice. I don't like the songs. What? He said, the only thing you've really got going for you is you look all right. So, I mean, you know, there was a compliment. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So, it didn't quite work out. Right. But it's quite... So, what strikes me is, like, going into, like, semi-professional football, but you playing with people that have gone on to become mega stars, or they've been at the yeah, club. I never, I never, yeah, club I never played with you. You played for. Obviously, they're both a lot older. Yeah. Older. A lot older. It's like you're a son. <laughs> yeah. And then to, you know, put your hand up and go, I think I could make a shot of this and have somebody judge your work is quite a big, you know, step to take. What What do you think gave you that confidence or willingness to not fear sort of failure? Oh, it's a really good question. I, do you know what? I, I just don't know. Um, I've never really, I suppose, I've never really thought of, of failure itself, just conceptually. Like, I don't really think, oh, I always think there's a chance it's not going to work out. But you just, you know, you've got to give it your best shot. And I liked, you know, I liked playing football. I liked the the songwriter I probably liked the songwriting while I did the singing and to be yeah. fair he probably had a bit of a point about my voice so um, <laughs> it wasn't probably the best um, I'm going to be pushed into karaoke something chronic now aren't yeah. I um, yeah it's 
I suppose I just I just want to give it my best. I just want to give it my all. And that's probably followed me throughout. Yeah. I don't think naturally I'm the most gifted academically. There's lots of people that have been far better than me academically. There were much better singers out there than me. There were much better footballers out there than me. And I never really thought of myself as being that brilliant in any of them. Clearly, I wasn't that great at being a singer. <laughs> um, but I just, I suppose it's a bit of, it's determination and hard work. Like I like to, I like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it my all. And that's, I suppose, what I've always been like. If I'm going to try and do something, I'm going to try and do it to the best of my abilities. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I might not be the, the most naturally gifted at, at these things, but, but I work, I've worked hard and I am determined and I'm, I'm pretty resilient. And when that fella said that to me about, um, you know, you look great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's the bit I took away. Yeah. Um, but he said all those things, you know, I, you know, it really annoyed me. And I just, I said to him, I'm going to prove you wrong. I mean, I didn't, but <laughs> unfortunately, I never got to prove him wrong. But um, yeah, if he's listening, yeah, um, I've still got a chance. I've still got a chance. It's time. Um, that CD has, has, you know, been under many glasses. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, I, I never, it never knocked me there. Mm. Um, I'm not saying it didn't knock my confidence. Yeah, but I, you know, my first thought was, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah, and I think that's generally how I sort of approach things always been a bit of an underdog I suppose in in that regard um and that's gone on throughout my career really um and I I probably thrive on it a little bit actually mm. truth be told and so you said you looked at some unis mm. why did you decide it wasn't for you well no I did I did actually go to uni mm. um and I've always told people that I went for about three months to uni so I the music thing was something I really enjoyed so I signed up for a, uh, I signed up for a course at a university in Cambridge, um, and so I went there. But actually, when I look back at the records of it, which not that long ago was at my mum and dad's, and 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 brought out sort of some of the records there, I went for about two and a half weeks actually. <laughs> so I don't really actually ever sort of say that I did go to university, yeah, because I. I didn't really. No. Um, yeah, I filled out the forms and I, I applied, and mm. and the but the, yeah, I, I hated the course. Yeah. Um, and so there was there was quite a long period after that where I did think about going back to uni because mm. I did various jobs and started following my dad's footsteps. I did all yeah. these different jobs and uh, and never and never really sort of enjoyed any of it. Never found, I suppose, my calling. Till accountancy really? came, and how did that? How did accountancy come into your life? <laughs> it's like crying. Yeah, yeah. I suppose maybe I should. Um, you done a couple of jobs. I did. I did a couple of jobs, and then it it didn't really work for me either. Those jobs for for one reason or another. Um, you know, it wasn't my calling mm. in life. Um, and I thought about going to university. I would say go back, but I don't think really two weeks probably counts. So I thought about going to university and I thought that's that's the best thing that I can do. I'm going to go and study creative writing was what I had in mind. And I was going to go to a London university. Right. 
um, kind of the English sort of theme, but the creative sort of element of, yeah. of me as well. And I, I'm, you remember you used to get those magazines where they had various jobs in the, in London. Yeah. In they used to hand them out at railway stations and yeah. in the, and in and in town. And there was a job in there for an accounts assistant, um, and it was working at Warner Brothers. Oh wow! And so I applied. Yeah. I got the job, and unbeknown to them, I took that job. They probably don't even know this to this very day. Um, I took that job just to earn a bit of cash before I was going to go to university. So I started to look at the UCAS forms and look at the courses that were available and everything and just took that job with the intention to stay for eight, nine months, earn a bit of money, mm-hmm. go to university. And then <laughs> everything changed. What? I, I took the job. I liked the job. Um... And there were a few people that worked there that were studying towards their professional accountancy qualifications. Yeah. So they worked and and they were going to get a professional qualification at the end yeah. of it. Um, because I had A levels, I could get on to I could get onto the course. Um I had to start at the very beginning, but I you know, because if you did if you had a degree and you had it in, you know, if you had it in accounts, you got exemptions yeah. from loads of the papers. There were about 15 or 16 papers for, mm. to get your professional qualification. Um, but I could get on because I had the A-levels. Otherwise, you had to do like a feeder course in, but they could last three years as well to, right. to get on to professional ones. Um, so, it, you know, it started to get me thinking that all oh, this concept of studying but working at the same time, earning a salary... You know, I, I I I thought the work was was quite good. I you yeah. know I quite enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it more than the other jobs that I was doing. I thought, God, you know, you can be, you can become um you know you can become an, uh, an accountant at the end of it. And you know, I got to see some of what those those people were doing and and that and it you know it looked interesting. And Warner Brothers was an interesting place yeah. to work as well. Yeah. Um, it had you know it, I was on the films side. Um. And so it, it all looked, it all looked really, um, really interesting. In fact, that's so the the chap who's the manager for for me when I was uh, trying to do, trying to do the singing, I met him at, at Warner Brothers. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. yeah. He worked on the film side of things. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, you can tell me you're an extra in like some really big. Nah, no, no. I was an extra in a film that I think Jason Donovan did that they filmed at Ministry of Sound. Oh. Oh, yeah. See, it's all coming oh, out. Oh, yeah. Uh, You've got so many angles. Acting, football. Okay. Um, and how long were you at Warner Brothers for? Um, a- about a year in total. Um, but um, there was a chap who I played football for. He worked for Trinity Mirror. Yeah. And he was the head of credit control, so chasing of payments. Yeah. Um. So, you know, debt collecting basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said to me, look, you come work for me. I'll give you, um, you know, I'll give you a salary uplift on, on what you're earning. And um, and I'll, I'll sponsor you to do to do your exams. And but this was the bit that, that, that swung it for me was that he said, look, I'll put you forward for 
for a, an accountancy role itself yeah. um, that, that required you to have a qualification or that you yeah. would study, you know, that you could use your study towards. You know, I'll put you up, I'll, I'll put you forward for any roles that come up across the whole of the Trinity Mirror Group, which was, you know, Mirror Group newspapers yeah. and they owned loads of different papers um, mm. back when I worked for them. So, yeah, I took, I took the job. Yeah. I worked for him in credit control for about six months and then... I applied for a trainee management accountant role working for the sports division, which right. was really the racing post. Yes. It's the title that everyone knows. And I got the job. Wow. Um, yeah, I was very lucky to, to get a job. And I think that's that's a common theme. And I have this discussion with some of the people I've worked for about, you know, you need a bit of luck on your side. They, yeah. You know, I think they always say, no, it's about how you apply yourself i think in reality it's probably a bit of both yeah but it was really you know he gave me um chap's name is clint he gave me clint boucher it's just that fantastic name that's a strong name that's a great name um he you know he gave me a he gave me a chance Mm. you know to come into there um and then um, the chap who gave me the job at, at, at the Racing Post, a chap called Mark Francis, who was the finance director there. And, you know, he, he not not that long ago, he was still working for them wow. as their CFO. Um, you know, he gave me a chance as well. But funnily enough, when I, because I started, the more I've become involved with like, social ability and that, the more I've looked at these things. And I just thought, actually, yeah, a lot of the people that gave me a chance have come from a low socioeconomic background originally. Right. Okay. And yeah. so, yeah, Clint, um, Clint and Mark both come from that sort of lower socioeconomic background. So, but they gave me the chance. I mean, clearly, you know, I, that that theme of working hard and and, yeah. and grafting and doing my best always that that never left me, and that continued from from my studies into how I applied myself at at work. Um, so you got your professional accounting qualifications. You became a management accountant. Yeah, I'm a. Chartered management, Chartered management accountant. Okay, and how long did it take you to go from kind of being new to the world of accounting to gaining your qualifications? I think it was about three and a half years in total. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You I, you can get through it a bit quicker, but um, you know, working and studying it, it, it was really yeah, a lot. it was really hard work. Mm. Um, because at that point, it was only Mark, myself, and one other person in, in our finance team. There was a wider finance team across the group, but mm-hmm. in that sports division, there was only three of us. So a lot of the work would fall on sort of our shoulders. There was, you know, a lot to do. But And then you had this going back in the, going to evening school. Yeah. Um, and then before the exams, you know, I'd have a timetable of, and I'd do two hours religiously every night and the weekends I'd do more. Um, yeah, again, you know, not not the best accountant in the world. Um, <laughs> but I just I just worked hard, you know, and I got through them. Um, and I can remember, because Trinity Mirror was based in Canary Wharf at the time, I used to go to the, there was um, LA Fitness <laughs> in uh, West India Quay. And I got talking to this 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 uh, fella there, as you as you kind of do, and and he 
he started to do his, after I'd spoken to him a few times, he then said, oh, I'm, I'm doing my, my accountancy exams. Um, I was like, oh, that's great. You know, he, he was, he was very similar to me. He was about six foot four. Mm. Um, he was a, he was a rower. Right. Um, I can see, yeah. Yeah. I think he went to Oxford or Cambridge and, um, built really similar to me. Uh, <laughs> massive, massive fella. And, um, and I can remember when he did his first few exams, he came into the gym after us. How'd you get on? Oh, it was just so easy. I can't believe how easy oh, these wow. exams are. And it really, like, really miffed me. Yeah. Um, really, really peed me off. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'd never found any of them very easy. I'd always had to work hard to get through them. And, it, oh, it just so annoyed me. And he was, you know, you, you do the exam, you had to wait to get the marks a little while. And he, you know, he was getting, like, really high scores. And I was getting just above the pass mark. And... And I was saying to him, how much you study, and oh, he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, he was just, he was just breezing through them. And then one day I saw him, and I knew he'd been doing an exam, and he never, he never said anything. And I was like, uh, how'd you get on? So, oh, you know, oh, it was, you know, it was this, it was that, it was rubbish, and, um, and it was all a lot of negativity. And he, he failed the exam, and it got to a point where actually his ability or, or maybe his knowledge just ran out and the i suppose the hard work where he yeah. wasn't doing it, it 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 caught up with him eventually um and then he he dropped out of it all huh? yeah and so how do you go from because you've got that kind of working in the media film media industry then you're in print industry is it usual for somebody nah. who how do you end up here when you've Works in very different parts of the sector. Yeah, I, I think I'd always had a little bit of an interest in sort of financial services. So my mum eventually, my mum when she started to work, she worked in the city, um, and you know, I'd say my mum was a trailblazer, but she, you know, she worked in the city in a hugely male-orientated environment um, back then, and you know, and um, by all accounts, you know, she was very capable. And I probably follow a little bit in her footsteps in this regard of working hard and, yeah. and everything. And so, yeah, I think she was well regarded in that. Um, she did. She worked in insurance, well, yeah. reinsurance. Yes, yeah. That's as much as I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but she, you know, she she stopped all of that when my brother and I were born. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, she she then went back to work part time when we got to a certain age. Um, and so, I suppose I'd had. I had her that worked in insurance, but then a lot of my friends who I'd gone to college with and they went off to university, when they came back, they went to work in the city. Yeah. And they worked in financial services. Right, okay. So, you know, I'd go out um, for drinks with them and that and meet them in the city and, and they'd talk about um, the city of London, that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, they'd talk about you know, their jobs and uh, et cetera. Not for very long, but they talk about <laughs> a bit of it. And I suppose there was just this interest in it and interest in how financial markets work and, you know, because it's, it's kind of the plumbing for for, for you know, a lot of things. Well, for, I suppose for society, it's part of that plumbing work, isn't it? So I had this interest in it and, and I thought when I left, when I left Trinity Mirror, I was interested in in, in exploring sort of financial services. 
And then everyone I spoke to said exactly the same thing to me, which was a bit of a killer blow in that they all said I'd never get into financial services because of my background. And with that, wow, I was just so determined to get into financial services to prove them wrong. Right. And on this occasion, I didn't manage to prove them wrong. Because of your employment background? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And well, employment background and the fact that I didn't have a degree. Yeah. And it was quite a big thing to have a degree in financial services. Mm. So as far as they were concerned, it was mission impossible trying to get me into a financial services organization. And um, yeah, I managed to get into a US investment bank called Goldman Sachs. Oh, yes. I've heard of them. (laughs) Right. And I even, I remember when I got offered the job, I had, I had nine interviews at Goldman's. Wow. Some of them with two people. Um, and then we had what what was, I suppose, an unofficial interview in the pub. Right, okay. Um, well, I hadn't been offered the job at that point. So, you know, it was an interview as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Do you feel that was a, will he get on with us? Will he fit in? I think there was a, yeah, I think there was a, how will he fit in kind of piece. And I think they also wanted to see how I conducted myself outside of work. Right. I think it was very clever, I think. Really very clever. So you got on the karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> Juggling a ball. Wow. So that's really interesting because do you think there could have been an element of they're like, ha-ha, we'll test him. And you're going, I know this is an interview. Um, yeah, and I remember mentioning it to them afterwards. I said, like, no, no, it wasn't an interview. I never believed them. It, it was definitely an interview. And how how did you kind of... I'm a Tottenham fan and Tottenham were playing and it was on the screen in the pub as well. Oh, wow. Playing against Arsenal in a cup game. Right. And um, yeah, so I was, I was like, oh my God, this is a real test here. Yeah. So how did you combat that, like you say, people's prejudice against not having a degree? What was it that... Uh, Helped you demonstrate to them that really wasn't, you know, a big deal. I, well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is that that I've been able to do. What I should say, I suppose, is, and this goes right up until my my job here, is that even to this very day, it, um, you know, not having a degree still comes up. Right. Um, yeah, you know, my educational background still comes up you know my GCSEs are not phenomenal my A-levels are not phenomenal um and and obviously I haven't got a degree and even though explicitly now people don't say it right um but there's still so many job adverts where you say must have a degree um sure that's not old anymore (laughs) yeah degree degree educated um you know that that type of thing um it, it still comes up, but there were so many jobs mm. along the way that just weren't weren't interested in me because of that, because of the degree, and then obviously mm. transitioning to financial services weren't interested in me because maybe a mixture of both because I didn't have the background and I didn't have the degree. Um, but the other one, of course, is that when when I did get an interview, you know, my accent. And the accent bias and you yeah. I could just you know the amount of time that I could see that someone wasn't going to give me a job because as soon as I spoke um and my accent is probably 
it was probably stronger. Yeah. And as my as time's gone on, it probably it's probably not quite as strong as it as it used to be. Yeah. Um, which um, will probably make a few people laugh that are listening to this. If anyone's listening to it, folks, millions. Yeah, your yeah. your all your followers. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, you know, I I went for so many interviews. Um, certainly at um, you know, I can remember one at, at a large banking group. And I can remember speaking, I could just see the, like, I can remember it to this very day, his body language completely changing. And I just knew then that I hadn't got the job. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I, I don't, I don't know what it is that, I suppose, why did, why did Goldman's give me, give me a chance? Well, I, yeah, I don't know, but I went in the interview, in the interviews, um, you know, I, I suppose I've always been a bit passionate about, like, you know, what I do, and and that's that's always something that people have commented on. You can tell that he's he's keen as mustard, that boy. Yeah. Um, but I think the enthusiasm that I have for it, um, I've always been told that that comes out um, when I'm when I'm in an interview, and I think that maybe Goldman's, they just thought a bit different. I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to do an advertisement for Goldman Sachs here. <laughs> but, I, you know, again, I owe a lot to the people that interviewed me. And, you know, for me to get through the nine and not get, um, you know, not get a black ball yeah. through, the, through the process, not get a rejection, were, you know, it was tough and by its very nature. Um, so just, just their thinking... A little bit in that regard to to give someone a chance and it wasn't just one person like i suppose it had been previous to that it was a number of people across a very large organization um and you know not that i know their backgrounds of of, of everyone that interviewed me but i can remember a number of them that interviewed me and i'm pretty sure they're all degree educated people and that and and yeah i you know they, they gave me a chance um, and how do your experiences inform your own hiring practices? Any feedback you give within the organisation on when you're looking to, you know, bring people into the team? I think that I'm on this sort of mission to pay back a little bit, mm. if if I'm honest, because once I got to a point in in my career where I was I was responsible for a team and I was responsible for the structure of that team i've generally created a role a junior role yeah to come in and not you know not always because um you know i like to think i haven't got that bias but i become very open-minded to people that have maybe not got that real polished background you know from from a county point of view the amount of roles that you see you know as you rightly say, there's not so many that say about the degree now as there used to be. But big four experience, like mm, yeah, all of those big four. You, the amount of you know the amount of job adverts that had that and still do have that is 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 ridiculous. Um, and I always, I always think that um, I don't think there's a huge amount of people out there that come sort of through the ranks like I did. And I think the experience that that you gain from that is invaluable. And that's not to that's not to diminish or dismiss 
with a big four or accountancy practice and the experience that you get there because you know i've worked with um and i've hired people from that background and you know you get some brilliant people come through but it's not a guarantee that you're going to be brilliant just because you come from that background and i think that you know i wouldn't i wouldn't choose my history of career if i had a chance to go back would i do anything different no, I think what I did, it was just, it was invaluable to me to, you know, to learn all of that stuff, you know, to be an accounts payable and receivable clerk. Like I know how fundamental that is yeah. for me to do my job now. Yeah. And that, that is such an important task in the whole, because if that breaks, it's all well and good having a whizzy PowerPoint and chart. But <laughs> if, the, if the stuff that's in it, it means, yeah. is wrong, you know, it's the deck of cards just coming down onto you. So, yeah, I think that. I think that my hiring practices are probably that I like to give people a bit of an opportunity mm-hmm. um, or I'm very open-minded to it. And I often create um, a role that's that's junior and I suppose really I'm looking for me, <laughs> aren't I? I'm looking yeah. for me when I was, you know, yeah. 10 years ago, um, coming into that, that job. Um, uh, Flint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just that amazing name yeah. pulled for Boucher, not not quite the same. Um, tell me uh, or us a little bit about the social mobility piece that you do now, because you touched on it earlier. Yeah, um, so I've been at USS for just shy of four years now. So yeah, coming up quite quickly to four years, and um, Edie and I has been something that's been on the agenda here for well since I joined really. Um, become more you know become more of a i suppose a priority more recently or i think probably uss will uh will, will wrap my knuckles for for saying that because it's always been a priority it's just maybe it's got a bit more traction um but i was in i was in a meeting and i was sat next to uh a chief hr mm-hmm. officer and um and he was talking about the the various networks and I've always had a big mouth and I just opened my, my mouth and said, well, you know, I didn't even know, I didn't even know the term social mobility at this point. And that's, that's April of this year. Um, and I just, I said to him, where's the network for, for your background? As in like how you, where you've grown up that, you know, it was, it was literally that and, and Kevin said you know it was important etc and then he um and then he emailed me and he said um you know that discussion we had how would you like to set up the network well it's so from ability yeah um so yeah put me in a bit of an awkward spot didn't it really yeah it's doing so i had to do it yeah so i well first of all i had to work i find out what the term social ability meant um so i did a lot of research on on that and and sociability found out that sociability day one of the other network heads informed me that there's a thing called sociability day in june 15th i think it is mm-hmm. um and i spoke to various people including obviously ey and i spoke mm-hmm. to yourself didn't i um kpmg were fantastic yeah um so lady there jen she was just brilliant and she gave me so much time based in their liverpool office and we have offices in liverpool here so mm-hmm. i spend a bit of time up there because um finance is, is up there as well 
Um, she gave me lots of her time, lots of, you know, people just, you know, they, they gave me time just as you did. And, and I, and I launched the, I managed to launch a network, um, back in, back on the 15th of, of June. So yeah, we got it off the ground, um, from, from, yeah, being asked in, in April of this year and managed to get it all off the ground and did an event for it. Yeah. Um, um, in, in our Liverpool and London offices with, with Jen, who's the co-chair of the sociability network for, for KPMG. Um, yeah, we, we launched it there. So it's, it's always been something I suppose that's been, been close to my heart because of the fact that I know how much it's impacted me, my background yeah. and the, the educational piece and, you know, m my accent, et cetera, and how, 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 it, how challenging at times it's, it's been. And I've always felt it's perhaps um, it's about something that doesn't get or hasn't historically got as much publicity as perhaps some of the other networks that are in the EDNI sphere. So um, yeah, so it's it's quite close to my heart in that in that regard. And obviously, you know, I've touched upon a bit of my family's background and my dad coming from a an exceptionally poor background, and my mum very poor background as well. Um, so yeah, it's. Um, yeah, it's been something that, that I feel quite passionate about. So if you can talk about this, I don't know, what's next? Don't want to set the horses running, but what's next for you? <laughs> yeah, well, good question. Um, I, I don't really know um, is my honest answer. But I suppose I've never had in, in sort of my career today, I've never had, I've never had, like oh, in X amount of years, I want to be this. I want yeah. to be that. Um, you know, I'm, I've been a finance director. Um, you know, I look after the finance function for our investment here. Um, I suppose next on my hit list is I suppose to be CFO. Yeah, but I'm I'm very open minded to to being you know to moving into perhaps um, a COO role or something like that. But yeah, I've not got any kind of defined plans in that regard um i think i clearly am an ambitious person mm. and i i try hard so that's not stopped that's not changed <laughs> it's more to do yeah i don't it's funny because like when you asked me to 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 be on this and to interview me my first question why, why do you want to interview me like what's so <laughs> What's so special about me? You know, and I've listened to to some of your podcasts and some of the people you've had on there. And I think, wow, like they've really done stuff. Like there's that chap, um, Sol, who, yeah. who, wow. I mean, you know, God, talk yeah. about a, a hard act to follow. Um, it, so, I, you know, when you said that, I just thought, well, what have I done? Like I haven't really done anything. Um, so I still feel like, and maybe that's it. Maybe that's what keeps me sort of progressing is that I always think there's there's more, there's more I can do. There's more to be done. There's more I want to learn. Um, and yeah, I, I I like doing different things. I like learning. So even in the, even in financial services, people say you've got to have FS experience. Mm. Clearly I don't, I don't believe that's, um, that's nece necessary for all of the roles. Um, there comes a point in time where clearly it's very, very helpful. But every role that I've gone into in financial services, I've never had any background in those in those 
industries within financial services. So from Goldman's, I went to the London Stock Exchange. I knew diddly squat about stock exchanges, how they worked, and yeah, it's gone to be a completely different beast to, to when I worked for it. Then I went to Close Brothers Group and I started out in their trading arm called Winter Flood. And, and yeah, I'd worked for the stock exchange and I'd been the finance person for their capital markets, but I didn't really, you know, this was, this was trading with them taking the risk on their books. Like the stock exchange is just a, you know, it's a party in the transaction, if you like. So this was completely different kettle of fish to, to what I was used to. And then from there, I went to the banking arm of Close Brothers and I worked in the property lending side of things as, as the FD for, for their property lending division. I mean, lending, I'd never done never done anything like that before and certainly not something as a sort of specialist as property and all the, the nuances that go with that. And all of a sudden I was on uh, two boards at, at the property side of the thing and I was on both of them. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God. And I, I, I just, I, I think part of the reason why I work hard as well is because I feel like perhaps I, I've got this sort of complex where I think I'm a bit of a pretender being there and uh, I don't like it when I'm not, I don't know what I'm talking about or what's going on around me. So I try to try to immerse myself in it. And I, again, each of those career moves, I've been very lucky that people have given me the opportunity to go and work there. Um, you know, um, there's a number of people at Winterflood that I, that I could thank for, for what they, they did for me and because really that that changed my career at winter flood mm. that that completely changed it that where i went from being part of the finance function to running it you know that that transformed things so um each of that way along people have really helped me out and and yeah i owe a lot to to a lot of those people um so yeah i i don't really feel like the job's done just yet i've got i've got a bit more to uh to go plenty more to learn i think right wow um you talked about people giving you an opportunity and you've offered an opportunity to other people so thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to you it's been uh, a pleasure no it's uh, it's re i was really honored that, that you asked me to um to be interviewed and as i said i feel like it's under a bit of false pretenses <laughs> because uh i've uh, listened to some of the other people that you've interviewed it's uh yeah i'm not too sure but um the the appeal but all I do think that, you know, that ethic, that work ethic, it's just so important, mm. you know, and I think that that's what, that's what can set people apart. Mm. Having, having educational backgrounds and everything, yeah, can get you a foot in the door, but once you're in there, you, you, you've got to do a good job as well. Mm. And having that mindset, that's, that's really important. Clearly I'm biased.